Welcome, everyone, to the Joey Harris Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. You can always get me, Joey Harris Comedy, at gmail.com. You can follow me at the Joey Harris on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And yes, I still call it Twitter. It's not X to me. I don't get the X thing, but it's still Twitter. Because if I say Twitter, people will know what I mean. If I say you can get me on X, and they were like, X marks <laughs> the spot, or what have you. But Joining me today is the new sous chef at Carl Weathers Soup Stews and Stage Bistro, where their motto is "You got a you got a stew going, baby." <laughs> located, sure. and I, and I was told located just down the street from, but are not associated with the Method One Clinic. A T. Funke said to make sure that you include that. Big TJ, how are you, my friend? I am well, my friend, enjoying this job that I have with Carl Weathers. Man, he's a very intense guy. I just need to put that out there. He's very intense. But, I mean, he played Action Jackson. So, I mean, what did you expect, right? But, no, it's good to be back with you, man. I miss you. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. I feel like we haven't podcasted in a while. And I thought about it. I thought I was like, it's been a while. Like, and I I mean... It's a relationship type thing. Like I feel like you have more fun with your other guests, and it makes me feel some kind of way. I feel like we had this conversation the last time that you were on. We need to go through like some, like, like some couple counseling or something. Anytime or, there's more than a month, I'm always gonna feel like you like them more. Well, you know, it is as we record this. It is still August, and August is always the biggest month the busiest month for me in my job so it's like joey you've just got to get through august and there was at one point dude i didn't know whether i was coming or going in august get that get that. no I man i understand i i have to give you a hard time only because i just enjoy your company and I feel like your your listeners need to know that. Like, this this isn't some fly by night relationship. Like, Joey is one of my oldest friends. You know, not old because he's older than me. That's not it. I'm saying like I've known him. We've known each other, and we still incorporate. We hang out. You know, like that's a deal. That's a big deal for me. Fifteen years. Fifteen years we have we have we've known each other almost twenty years, known of each other almost twenty years, but we've been friends for fifteen years. That's crazy, bro. Like that that that's a kid in high school now. That is a kid in high. So on that day, that the we officially became friends day, which is you know let's go beat that guy up who beat your car up <laughs> day. If the child was born that day. We're looking at a what, like a sophomore? Is that a sophomore in high school? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, sophomore in high school. So I mean, and we've got to go buy that kid some pencils and yeah. a, a pencil case and some notebooks. And I don't know why they still sell them, but the the oversized eraser. You know, like I feel like the pencil comes with an eraser. But yet right. they sell the oversized erasers. I never use them. They do. They do. I feel like that's one of those things like 
those are for classes like I never took. They're like, oh, that's for like year two art classes. And I'm like, I wasn't never in, like I knew where the arts teacher's classroom was, but right. I was never in there. I just, I just feel like an eraser that large is for a person that makes a lot of mistakes. And I don't know if you, I mean, if I, I'm not making a judgment on public versus private school, but as a person who was in public school, you can only make so many mistakes before the paper rips. Oh, as so, a person, as a person who was in both public and private school, the same thing applies. You can, you can say, "Oh, we're in the fancy private school, and we got the best paper." It's it might take three more mistakes than the public school paper, but you can still rip a good hole in that, knowing that I've done that in both public and private school. Right. So clearly, when you were in public school, you got your paper from Dunder Mifflin. When you went private, you got it exclusively from Michael Scott paper. Either way, I'm saying you can only make like one or two good mistakes before the paper rips. So what do you need all that eraser for, man? I mean, like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, I'm I'm speechless. I don't know because I can tell you, and we went into this a little bit in the pre-show conversation that we have. I feel like the last time that you were on, I was talking about like, and you were saying like, I feel left out, and I'm like, dude, I got to keep showing up every week, and it's not always with you, and it's got nothing to do with you. But if I don't show up, eventually there'll be two other guys here, and they're scraping my name off. Lately, it feels like you and all the other people I've ever co-hosted with are trying to circle together like, look, we got to keep this show going. But do we need Joey? (laughs) And then I show up like, hey, guys, I'm sorry I'm late. I didn't know that we were meeting. And so I've gone to fix myself a plate. And as I sit down, it's gotten real uncomfortably quiet. And everybody's kind of like looking at me. That's the way this past week has been. Like people, like people are blaming me for everything from Vietnam to like when Reagan got shot to like why why their rent is so high. <laughs> At least they're not blaming you for Y2K, bro. You know, that might they may just not have gotten it yet. They're like, you were the reason President Reagan got shot. And I'm like, ma'am, I was busy being three, okay? It had nothing to do with that. <laughs> But like in The Sopranos, when they, uh, the FBI is talking to Carmela, they're like, so you know, uh, Corrado said something about Tony being involved in Kennedy's assassination. Carmela's like, he was six. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> hey, well, it's good to be back, baby. You know, because right now, you all are free. There was a point this past week, I'm like, if they want it, they can come and have it. Our current balance of everything that we brought in is 33 cents. <laughs> I cannot see myself on the Joey Harris show without the Joey Harris. Like, I just, even even in, like, let's say hypothetically you had a, a not necessarily a syndicated type situation, but you have just like a reoccurring show where right. it has 
to be done weekly, fresh. Ever, sure, sure. And yeah. Going on vacation. Right. You know. But so they still like, need they still need the content. You still need somebody there. Yeah, no, I get it. You're like, Big TJ, you mind covering for me? And then even in that situation, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. But I just don't like, hey, everybody, welcome to the Joey Harris show. That just, that just don't feel right to say your stuff, man. I'm just saying. Now I kind of want to hear that, but I'm like. <laughs> we, we might be able to uh, put something together for you all, man. We're teasing, right? Is that what this is? This is, this is a, a te- this is a tease, you know, because they're. You know, I don't have. I don't. I guess I don't always have to be here. Well, so that's what we'll, we'll tease it. it. Maybe, maybe around the holidays, you know, they'll get a special, you know, Joey Harris show with me hosting and you guesting. Which you know, who knows? We've I mean, we, we've done that before, but I mean, it was yeah. it was a few years. It was a couple of couple of um, what do you call it? Um, Cycles ago, a few cycles ago from the program. My show. I've hosted your show, yeah. But no, this was like this was I was living in Maine. And you're I'm like um you ask me questions, so you take over the show, and then we did it that way. So I'd be interested in that. Or like I said, you just take it over one day. You you line up the guests, you do whatever you do, and then you just send me the file and I upload it. I had no idea. Okay, I mean, look, you know, you know me, man. I, as long as you're fine with some fake commercials, then I'm all about it, man. Because I just like having, you know, advertising. It, it, it's crazy because advertisements, when it comes to shows, I mean, you know, you're watching something on YouTube or you're listening to a podcast, and if if it's something like where you were like a first gen, you pick up on the podcast when they haven't gotten sponsorship yet. So you're used to being able to listen to the whole thing through, no interruption. But now they got sponsorship, so now they're doing ads in the middle of it. And to me, I understand it, but I also like to poke fun of it. You know what I mean? It's just like, because no matter what you're talking about, you're going to somehow throw it to, you know, your sponsor. Like, you're, you're talking about a murder, and you're like, oh, and talking about blood, this Segment is brought to you by Summer's Eve. Like, right. that, <laughs> not, but that, that's how they do it. You gotta have yeah, fun with it. Right, right. Uh, I tell you, and I talked about this. It's probably been about six months ago now. Like, I, would, I had my podcast that I listened to, and it's got nothing to do with the podcast itself. It's whatever group that they use to insert ads and stuff like that. They were getting bad. Like the the show would start and like they'd have an intro and an ad would come in halfway through the intro. Then they're like, you know, welcome to the ABC one, two, three show. I'm Joey. And then an ad would start. And then I come back, Harris, and I'm sitting here with Big and an ad would start. And I told and I told my wife, I'm like, the first five minutes, there's been six commercials. Like two, like, like two. In the same sentence, I'm like, the guy hadn't finished his sentence yet, and they just throw in those ads. Now, I only know based on my experience with the software that you're using, and I'm not saying the name because we're not getting paid. Right. But um, when I was doing it for 
profit sharing, I was able to decide where my commercials went. So if you're paid per commercial and you know, hey, if I put these both these commercials in early, yeah, they're going to be pissed, but they're not going to leave. Whereas if I put the commercial in in 15 minutes, they might not come back. So... I think it was that, but it was the group that they were using. Like, they didn't say, I'm going to do it, but the group that they were using said, we're going to saturate that, which I get. And I said that in another another podcast. I get it. And I'm not blaming anybody, but if I'm three minutes in, I'm still maybe in three minutes and 15 seconds in. Like, you're starting to piss me off if I come back and he hadn't even finished his sentence yet. Right. So I've got one channel um, on YouTube that I watch fairly regularly. And I told you about new rock stars. That's where I go for my Marvel stuff. When I'm watching a show, like YouTube has their ads. And I don't even look at new rock stars. I don't, I don't fault them right. for, for a YouTube ad. They have no control over that. But they usually have one sponsor per episode. And they do the commercial towards the middle. You know that coming in. And guess what? Because it's YouTube, you can just skip the commercial. All you got to do is just move the thread a little bit forward past the little ad. But because they do it at the same place, you know where it's at. So you can skip it. You know, because I mean, I'm just saying it's not like I'm not trying to show love. You're not going to get any more credit on that particular watch, you know, for me. And they're not throwing ads for stuff that I want. I'm not a I'm not I'm not a gamer like that. You know, if you're a gamer like that and you need all these VPNs and all this stuff, I don't even know what I'm talking about, bro. I'm just saying letters, bro. Did did that make sense? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Because you want to be because you want to be able to get on you you're you're TJ with the unlimited money, okay? And you're like, I really want to watch the newest season of the British, 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 British baking show. You got to have that. That's the particular one that you want to watch, right? It's not available in America yet. But in in England, you can watch it on Netflix. Well, you've got a Netflix account. You get on the VPN and it said, oh, he's in Britain. We can watch the British, 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 British baking show. So before That's, we move on, I have to ask: Is that an actual show? Eight no, not 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 all of those British. There is the British baking show, and the newest season is only available in England. Like six months from now, you'll be able to see it. But if you're a bacon head, which I'm sure, assuming is what their fans are called, you want to see it now, right? Baking or bacon? Because I'd like to be called a bacon head. Both. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Call me a bacon head all you want. That is not that is not a slur in my book. No, I get it. Uh, believe me, I get it. For sure. Speaking of which, I I am of this. I am a, a wrestling aficionado and a wrestling fan. No, I'll call myself a wrestling fan. I'm not an aficionado. I know a, a little bit, but I'm not. I wouldn't call. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself an expert. Expert. But I love wrestling. If I can watch it, I watch it. Dude, let me tell you what's happening the next 
two weekends. Well, this this weekend is a lot of good stuff going on, but I don't have unlimited money. Like I could bring up something and watch it. Mm-hmm. But your boy is I love I love wrestling. I don't you know, I don't love it that much. I'm not going broke because of it. But let's say I had unlimited funds. You got a bunch of stuff going on this weekend. Next weekend, you got, I think it's payback. Let's say it's payback from the WWE. That's Saturday night. Sunday, AEW has all in from Wembley Stadium in London. So you got back-to-back nights there. The following weekend, AEW has all out in Chicago. Those are two full price pay-per-views. So you're looking at between 40 and 60 bucks on back-to-back weekends. Now the WWE, I can watch payback on Peacock. Right. That's what? 10 bucks without commercial. That's 10 bucks, no commercial. So they're asking us to fork over about $120 in a week. Everybody can't do that. I really think that Tony Khan from AEW thought I'm part of Warner Brothers Discovery. They really want him to put this stuff on Max, but he says that they are not coming up with the money for it. I really thought that they said we're going to come up with the money, we're going to have all in on Max, and then all out as a pay-per-view. But they didn't do that. So now he's got back-to-back pay-per-views on two weekends. And I, I don't see how people can do it. See, I see what you're saying, but then I'm reminded the NFL season is, is what, 16, 18 games? I don't know if they extended. I think they're up to 18. I think they're up to 18. It's at least 16. It's not less than 16. It's not less than 16. I don't know if they've jumped, but when the last time I watched it was 16. So that's 16 weeks plus playoffs, not to mention the preseason, which sells out also. So I feel like everyone looks at that as a model and says, well, if they can do it, there's no reason why we can't. Because, I mean, it's just like, you know your product and you know people... They really don't have much else going on. So if you get, I'm just going to throw out a random number because it's whole. If you get 100,000 people paying $60 each, you got money. Right. You know? I mean, and, and, and you know you're going to get more than that, not to mention the people in, in person, how much money they're paying to come and check it out. You know, so I mean, it's just like the, the, the potential is there. I don't know where people are getting this money from, you know, but people are going to pay. People are going to pay. And I think that you say Tony Khan's his name. Yeah. yeah. He he knows what it is. Just like Vince. Vince knew. You know, it's like you don't want to throw too much at your audience and say, pay me money to be able to see this. You don't want to do it too much. Right. Because then you feel like you're going to alienate your audience. But then you're like, okay, well, UFC... If all the, I mean, all they did was pay per view. You know, they 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 had a show. You know, right. but before they before they had a show, all it was is pay per view, and then whenever they did it, they had people paying. I'm just, I don't know. No, Money. no, no. I get it. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, the head of AEW is Tony Khan. His father is Shad Khan. Shad Khan owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and the yep. Ful- and the Fulham Football Club. And yep. he had said he has long said that his children were going to inherit all this money when he died. He'd rather give it to them now so he can see them enjoy it. And his son is a huge wrestling fan and wanted a show. So he was he had the discovery Warner Brothers connection. Tony got a show on TNT and TBS. Now he's the number now he's the number number two thing. I get it. I get it. If I if I had a son and I had the money, absolutely. Son, here's here's your inheritance. I want to see you enjoy it while I'm here. I I I fully get that. I think Shad Khan's a, a, a great father. But at the same time, but this is, I understand what you're saying. This is what I'm saying. Let's say I'm the biggest football fan in the world, and I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, all right? But above that, I'm a football fan, all right? Now, I've got to get, now, I think they're on YouTube TV, the big, the NFL, the, the big package. I can see all the games. At most, let's say I need great internet and YouTube TV and all that. Let's say that's a hundred bucks a month. I don't know if it is. It's around that. That's a hundred dollars. I get to see all the football games, not just the Carolina Panthers game. I think that's the difference. Like they're asking me to shell one hundred and twenty dollars for just two weeks, and I just get to see those two things. I don't get to see all the wrestling. Now, if they said you get to see all the wrestling for one hundred and twenty dollars, I yeah. Okay, give me all the wrestling for one hundred twenty dollars. I get that. I feel like they're trying to, they're trying to value their product because right. we talk about you know being able to watch a game streaming versus going to a game. You go to a game, you're liable to spend one hundred twenty dollars in that one time. That's a one hit, but it's also an event. You're there, mm-hmm. you know. So they're trying to paint it. To me, it seems like. They're trying to make their events. It's such a spectacle. It's nothing that you're going to get anywhere else. It's like the Super Bowl, two weekends in a row. So, right. you know, because I mean, think about it. I mean, the NFL being what it is, what if they made the Super Bowl a pay per view event? It, I mean, it needs to. Uh, I think the Super Bowl being the Super Bowl. If they tried it at least one, it, it would be a good deal one time, but you can't do it again, and it better be the best Super Bowl ever. Well, but, I mean, it, the, the game would be changed. I mean, part of the reason why the NFL makes some of the money that they make on advertisements is because so many people tune in to the game. You have mm-hmm. so many people that are watch fans, non-fans, whether your team is playing or not, everybody's going to watch the game. So they right. can charge whatever they want for a 30-second ad. But now, if you're going to make it a pay-per-view event, well, off the gate, depending on how much you charge for it, you lose some of your demo. That's true. So are you able to... Yeah. That's so true. What are you going to... What can you... What could you charge where you're not going to lose your nut from advertising dollars? Because something's got to give. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. And the more I think about it, though, Super Bowl is very popular. But I know people who 
love the Super Bowl, love to watch the Super Bowl. They go to Super Bowl parties. They don't have a care for football. Now, if you're on now, if you're on pay per view, um, if I'm paying for football, I want football. I don't want ads. But there, sometimes I don't care for the game. But I even told you, like year before last, I'm like, dude, I know you didn't watch the Super Bowl. I know you don't care anything about it. You need to go find this Sopranos ad for that Chevrolet pickup. It was a good ad. Yeah. So, oh, I got one. I got one for you. The year that the Patriots went undefeated until they got to the Super Bowl. Nobody realized it was going to happen. And so they had that Thursday night game where it was just going to be on the NFL network. And the NFL network did not have the clearance it does now back then. And people like, wait, what do you mean I'd have to pay to see the Patriots play? I don't want to do this. So if you were, do you remember what they did that year? Do you remember what happened? I do not remember what happened, but I mean, I, I was actually living in Florida that season. Dude, when it got to that time, NFL Network made a deal with both NBC and I believe either CBS or ABC. It was on two different networks in addition to the NFL Network. Because they're like, this is a chance to see an undefeated season go all the way to the Super Bowl. And since we're talking about history, I was at one of the games for their pursuit of, of, of history, and I watched Tom Brady throw five touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins. You know, I was there. And you, again, going in person, I would, you expect to spend $120 between parking ticket and some type of snacks because they're not letting you bring in food, bro. If no, you wanna, no, no. And that's happening in the tailgate outside. So you're going to want something during the four and a half, five hours that you're there. So, yeah, you're spending over $120 to go, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and, and I get it. My, my parents were asking me this last night when I went to eat dinner with them. I'm going along with a, a friend of mine from Maine. We're going to WrestleMania next year. It's in Philadelphia. It's where the Eagles play. Um. So I got tickets. I am nowhere near <laughs> the ring, but I spent a pretty several pretty pennies on those tickets for both nights. And my parents are like, "Do you really want to to do that?" I'm like, "It's a spectacle. It's it's an event. I I can say I was there, yeah. and all of that." My dad's like, "I can't believe you're not closer. You spent all this money." And so I went to Ticketmaster. I'm like, "Dad, this is what they're charging for fronts." I said, "That's per." ticket so if me and my friend wanted to go i mean that's two-thirds of what i'm making a year <laughs> and i don't have that money and i don't have that money there are people that do but it's not yeah, me. yeah. or or somebody's hoping that they win uh was it like um talking about the super bowl a lot of corporations have tickets and they run these prizes like these little contests where you can win the seat yeah, you know, so I'm like that would be the only way that I would actually be able to be by the cage at WrestleMania is if you know T-Mobile did a, a a prize, you know, like on on their T-Mobile Tuesdays, and I just happened to win. That's the only way I'm getting it. Right. If I'm not at at this point, dude, 
if I'm not at the, at the ringside and I'm paying a lot of money, I want to be up in one of the boxes where they're bringing me food and drinks. And I'm not surrounded by people, you know, I don't want to be around. I just want to enjoy the event. Yep. Yep. I mean, that sounds like an amazing time. I've I've experienced that. Some box life. I'm all about that box life. We just got the name of our episode. I'm all about that box life. (laughs) Writing it down. I think... I really do think that you just, you just, you let me go, man. You just let me go loose. And because you know I'm going to give you something. You know I'm going to give you something. That's probably not the last title-worthy statement that I'll make before we hop off. That is my favorite thing to do in podcasting, has always been coming up with episode names. Sometimes it's just like I wasn't feeling it, so it's just like, but sometimes I'm like, ooh, that's good. I got to write that down. My favorite one, though, is not one is not even one of my podcasts. It was just I was listening to it and I'm trying to catch up. And so I know what was happening. It was it was either, it was one of Jim Cornette's podcasts. So it was either the drive through or the experience. I say it was the experience. One week it was like Jim reviews Raw and Smackdown. The next week it was it was like just another Tuesday. Jim reviews. Um, this is. This is late February 2020. Jim reviews Raw and SmackDown. Then it was like early March. Jim reviews Raw and SmackDown and talks about what COVID might do to the wrestling industry. The next episode, dude, was after everything had shut down. The name of the title was That Escalated Quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yes, it did. Yes, it did. So many of the, because what was it? Uh, what was Job's? I think I've made. I think I made a huge mistake. Like <laughs> any one, any number of those things would perfectly fit in right there, man. But yeah, coming up with podcast names. I mean, title names for episodes is always fun. Whenever I see some podcasts that have like a theme to a season, so it's like you have a season, and then that whole season, all all the titles just follow a theme. Like I think that's dope. I never had that um, creativity, or at least I wasn't applying myself to that. I was just, you know, just coming up. With, I would always just come up with something from the show, just like you, you know, just come up with something from the show. The summer of 2020, when you couldn't really go anywhere, my wife got huge, huge into camping because you can be out in the middle of nowhere and still be set, you know, isolated from people. So that year for our anniversary is late July. Uh, she went camping. So she went with uh, our friend Michelle and they set up and they were a couple of days. And then I took off and went down the night of our anniversary. And so we're sitting there in the tent and she hears some scurrying and stuff like that. And raccoons had come up and had gotten into our cooler and stuff like that. And we're trying to shoo them away and stuff. And dude, they grabbed like... Um, she she likes to do different things on her s'mores. You know this. You you've been around her. And she's making s'mores. She was doing the Andes mints with the s'mores and one. So they took a bunch of Andes mints and our protein bars, the Quest protein bars, and they were running away with the protein bar. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, them raccoons. They tore up some protein bars. 
And so I was telling it on my wrestling podcast the next week, and the name of the episode is If You See a Buff Raccoon. <laughs> you know exactly, I like you know exactly where it was at. That's what's up. <laughs> Oh, that that and I was thinking about the um um bandit episode of King of the Hill. We talked about that last time too. Anytime I see a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> and bandit too. No, sir. Bandit is not a part of this prayer. <laughs> right. Rest in peace, Johnny Hardwick. One up for Johnny. Oh, Gribble. Mickey Bobby, Mickey Bobby. <laughs> oh, like that cat. I, 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 here's one thing, and I, and I don't want to go talk too much about this because it goes into one of the questions that I have for you a little bit later. But I, I like the way my mind processes a show because I'll actually get mad at the character. I know they're not real. I know that this is fiction. You know, but I've had the process. I processed the, the the tried to understand. I'm like, why does Hank take so much junk from Dale? Like Dale steals his stuff. Dale dug a hole under his house. That's the exact thing I was thinking of. That cheese wrapper fell on his floor and came like, All this stuff that Dale does, and I'm like, why is it? that Hank puts up with it, and then I'm like, oh, it's because Hank knows. And because Hank isn't... Hank, Hank's, he calls him his best friend, but he's essentially lying to him about his kids. So I'm like, maybe Hank feels guilty. Because um, I'm like, I was, I'm trying to understand it. Like, because they'll just suck. Like, and I'm nothing against my guy, because we just said, you know, rest in peace. Please continue to rest in peace. I'm not saying anything bad about your performance, you did a phenomenal job. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because he did such a great job as, as, as Dale Gribble. I'm just like, Dale sucked, man. Dale sucked, bro. I mean, but, hey, but for, for the record, pocket saying, anytime somebody talks to me about a scuffle or a fight, I will always mention being a, a dirty fighter and always keeping pocket saying, and that came from Dale Gribble, so shout out to that guy. Miss, was it Miss Soldier of Fortune? That's that episode. Yeah. But I think it's all it's all like he he puts up with it a lot, and it's it's kind of like I can badmouth you, and I can put you down, but don't let anybody else because Dale's also the person like Bobby grab a hold of me when they were all over the, when the ants were all over Bobby, and so he grabs the hold of Bobby and they all go over to him. It's it's stuff like that, and I think also Hank respects Dale because other than Peggy. And the children, everybody is aware that Joseph is not Dale's son, except for Dale. And and like I said, and Peggy. <laughs> Eventually Peggy. But, you. <laughs> but he's not he's not he's not Joseph's father, but he is Joseph's dad. Like that is his son. He he has raised Joseph and he is he is Joseph's dad. And I think and I think Hank respects that. I mean, because of Hank's Hank's own issues with his father, and his issues with his son. I mean, the thing and is, his issues with his son. You see Dale connecting more 
with a with a child that's not biologically his, you know. But again, my theory, and and people people have knocked me forward. I say, Dale doesn't know that Joseph isn't his, and Hank doesn't know that Bobby isn't his. You you really, you really yeah yeah I've heard I've heard the theory before yeah. It's 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 Bill 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 Fontaine de la Tour. <laughs> no tree. <laughs> no tree. He um yeah. I think that's why Peggy hates him so much. Cause she knows and does not want to be reminded of it if she can help it. But Bobby Bobby oh. says, it sure is hot, I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare. Robert. <laughs> oh, man. Let's look in the shiffer robe and <laughs> find you something dapper. It's best for you. What, what did Hank say? When uh, the old boy, I can't even think of, remember his name. Robert was telling him, I used to. I, I used to mess with the. He was saying essentially he used to mess with the Dallas Cowboy. And he's like, don't go. It, it, like he's, he's telling them to quit, let, let Starback do the job. But the way he says it, it's just so cool, man. Like, and Hank sexualizes everything. So Hank, Hank was so uncomfortable. But then when you sit back and you listen to it, you're like, that did, that, that's enough to make me kind of uncomfortable, though. I get it. It's like um, when uh, Dale's dad comes back. And he goes, oh, I know you. Hi, Hank. <laughs> Hi, Hank. <laughs> and Dale's like, Hank, you coming over tonight for whatever it was that they were <laughs> Was that Juan Carlo? Juan Carlo. Yep. He's like, hello, Juan Carlo. <laughs> oh, but I, but I told you. But I told you as we start, I've I've picked about um, six, seven movies here. Just want your, your, and I tried to do different different genre genres. When I had first started to do this, it was all like sequels and and different things. And there's still some in there, but I got some original uh, things here. These are upcoming movies, folks, that either have a release date. Or we're in the process of shooting. This is not like concepts that they're hoping to feel film someday. These either have a release date or hoping to be released after the strike is finished. The first one on my list, uh, The Equalizer Three. What are your thoughts? Um. So I have to. I feel I feel bad. Like all right. So now, nah, like I'm not even gonna play. I haven't I haven't seen any of the equalizers. Like mm. I I know of them. I know that Denzel has done a phenomenal job. Okay, I'm lying. I saw the first one. I saw the first equalizer. I just had to think on it for a second. I was mixing it up with another film. So yeah. It's the Wicks I haven't seen. I haven't seen a single Wick. But I've seen one Wilizer. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no Wicks. All equalizers. Holy Willis. Um I don't know if it I don't know if they're gonna do any cameos by Queen Latifah who plays the equalizer on the TV show. The TV but, show, yeah. Um but um I'm 
just based on what they did in the first one, if they're continuing to build on that story, I think there's there's no bad that can come from it. I mean, Denzel's a phenomenal actor. I'm curious as to how long he's going to do it. But then when I see Harrison Ford still being indie, I guess Denzel can do it till he's 150 years old. They say that this is the last one, unless it's like unless he's killed at the end, you can always say, oh, well, it was so popular, we brought him back for another one. All that. Now, you know pass the torch. You know how they do it. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. It, they could. You're absolutely right. They could do that. Now, the next one, speaking of which, this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a little bit of, of background because this is exactly what I was thinking when I saw that this film was coming out. And then I'll bring it into, and I'm gonna try to tie it all together. But you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to go with me on a little, a little jaunt. We'll get back. We'll get there. I, I am a huge fan of this author named Max Allen Collins, and he has this character who's kind of like a, a hitman, but he like will go to something and some hit that he's gonna do messes up, and he either is like gonna get in trouble for it or something else is happening, and he has to figure out what's going on. And the guy's name is Corey. And so he had done a bunch of novels about them. And then like 10 to 15 years ago or so, he does what's called The Last Quarry, where he's finishing up with the character. This would be canonically the, the, um, the last story. So then his company wants another one. And he's like, okay, all right, I can do that. Let's, if I've talked about how this is how his story ends, let's talk about how his story begins. And so he does the first quarry. And wouldn't you know what happens? They like that one and they want another one. And somebody kids to him and said, all right, you've done the last quarry and you've done the first quarry. What are you going to do now? Quarry in the middle and dog on it. You know what he did? Quarry in the middle. That's the name of it. And he did one in the middle of his life. He's like, it takes place canonically between this novel and this novel. But this is what was happening. Quarry in the middle. Well, I feel like somebody took inspiration from that because, my friend, we have got Saul X coming out or Saul 10. Yeah. If you want to be canonically about it. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I am not hopefully spoiling this for anybody because these films are quite a few years old now. Everybody knows Saul 2 and Saul 3 take place at the same time. The same exact time. Yep. Saul 10 is going to take place between Saul and Saul 2. So you've got Tobin Bell's character is alive in this and you're going to have um Amanda. Amanda. I couldn't I couldn't think of her. They're bringing back some people, and you know how they, they can do it with the makeup and the camera effects, and they're going to de-age everybody. What are your thoughts on Saul 10? Their, their version of Corey in the middle. Right. So, um, it's funny. I, I immediately picked up on where you were going once you, you know, you started to go um, down that little joint, and thank you for that horse and buggy ride. That was an experience. Um, to, I, it's, it's, it's weird because it's like I don't know the fans don't get to see you and I whenever we record we can see each other so I don't know if you noticed I sat up in my chair in your uh, chair 
I've seen all of the Saw films except for Spiral. And the only reason I hadn't seen Spiral is because it just I just haven't had the opportunity to yet. Because anytime I wanted to watch something, Spiral just hadn't been an option. But um, I've seen the trailer um, for this uh, Saw X or Saw Ten, however you want to spin it down. Um, and I'm I'm excited for it only because Lionsgate, the producers of the the Saw franchise. At that time when the first Saw came out, it was, to me, a game changer. Mm -hmm. You know, you're bringing that M. Night Shyamalan twist to a horror picture that's got a lot of gore in it, but it's thinking on some don't-take-life-for-granted stuff. Like so, And then when they do two and three and they're happening again simultaneously, which you obviously don't realize until you see the end of three, and then you're starting to realize, hey, man, I saw that at the end of the last one. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, yeah, man, I'm excited because I feel like they're going to, they got to do something. I mean, the saw that they did after, after the final saw, they did a saw before Spiral. That was supposed Jigsaw. To be a, Jigsaw, right? Jigsaw. Yeah, Jigsaw. That was a prequel to the first saw. Mm-hmm. So, um, but even then, man, it's just, I, I like the actor, and shouts out, because you know we always show love to organized crime films. Jigsaw was also um, Ray Liotta's, um, or Henry Hill's, attorney in The Goodfellas. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited, I'm sorry. No, no no worries. The next film, um, not a sequel, but based on a um game franchise we got five nights at freddy's so i know nothing about five nights at freddy's i know nothing about it i've heard that it's uh you know a horror game or whatever um from the trailer that i saw i'm like okay if it stumbles upon me i'll watch it but I'm not I'm not I'm not driving to my theater to see it. I don't know enough about it. Like if I was if I was invested, you know, like because it was something that I watched when I was younger, I'd be like, okay, cool, but I get it. I get it. And I'm someone who have played Five Nights at Freddy exactly one time. Couldn't tell you much more about it than you probably know now. That's <laughs> The next one we are both familiar with, at least the property. We've got the Marvels. Okay. Um, wow. So I'm not one of those people that hates Brie Larson. Like, I have got no ill will towards this woman. I don't know why so many people have a hard time with her. And, you know, because I feel like it's like when people say bad things, they're just showing their own ignorance, right? Like it's it's I, I mean I and I don't know her personally, so whatever. Um I'm curious to see what's happening because you know, Marvel is in it's in flux right now. The 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 Infinity Saga, while people like to commend the Infinity Saga as being this great work and they're complaining about phase four and five, but I'm like, if you really look back at the Infinity Saga, which you know I have, 
it was it was chaos at the beginning. They really didn't know what they were doing mm-hmm. up front. They they I mean, you watch go back and watch some of the deleted scenes. You recognize they really did have a situation where we're like, we're gonna throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. It just so happens that everything lined up the way that it did. But I mean, it's just like right. first it's Hulk, then it's Iron Man, then it, then it's Thor, and it's like okay, so and then when you talk about Thor, you introduce. The, the the reality stone as the ether. You know, it's not a stone at all. It's a red sludge. You know, so again, it's like, so the Infinity Saga had its hiccups. I feel like that's what we're on. But I feel like at this point, in this phase, we need some direction. I know what Loki has steered us towards. And I know what's coming from Loki in October. Now, on the big picture. Right, because during the Infinity Saga, we didn't even have TV shows like that to to weave it because Agents of Shield wasn't canon. So it's like, okay, as far as the, the TV shows are concerned, I know what the what the what the plan is. On the big screen, I don't know what the plan is, bro. The Marvels needs to do that. It needs to let me know, you know, what's going on, you know, and 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 because they're in space, there's potential for so much. Are we getting the Silver Surfer? Are we getting the Fantastic Four? I know when those movies are supposed to come out before the strike, but you know, is that changing now? I mean, it's just, it's so much chaos. We had talked last time and I still have not gotten any farther. Um, The Nick Fury show. Yes. um, Has, well, it also apparently the last episode, like they're like a lot more has been happening than you think happened. So apparently there were two additional heroes in the final battle with Thanos that you don't aren't aren't aware about until the final episode of the Nick Fury. Was it Secret Invasion? Secret Invasion, yeah. Yeah. So and I started to read, I'm like click hadn't gotten there yet and I, I may hate it i may hate it i've only seen one episode and i didn't like the i i understand the route that they're going i ne- didn't necessarily agree with it but i understand i'm like all right i i get it you had to have some skin in the game and x happening was nick fury's right. skin in the game i get it but so, there's also only there's also only so many hours in the day you have a busy summer and all that. Like I'm like 18 million episodes behind the star Wars stuff that has come out. I don't have time to watch everything. So it's, it's, it's a stinky situation because you know me, I like to stay up to speed on my Marvel stuff. Still haven't seen werewolf by night. Still Mm -hmm. haven't seen the freaking holiday special, even though I saw guardians three in theaters. It almost seems like I'll only go to the movies for a Marvel picture. Um, mm-hmm. But since you said that, and now I'm looking at my Sunday tomorrow, knowing that I don't have anything going on, I think I'm going to go ahead and just get Disney Plus and watch it. Because I've been cheating myself, bro. Like, I, I haven't watched, because I didn't have Disney Plus, I can't watch them when they come out. But because I follow New Rockstars, they do breakdowns of every episode showing all the Easter eggs and all the connection and all that stuff. So I'm up to speed, but I haven't watched the, the, 
general minutiae that falls in them because you know all it is I watch there is highlights. There's just cliff notes. Right. You know, so I still need to watch it. So I think that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Just uh watch some secret invasion, man. So so yes to yes to the Marvels. I will be in theaters the weekend it opens. I am a creature of habit. Our next movie is Wonka, the origin story of Willy Wonka and his chocolate factory and the Oompa Loompas. So, what's that? Is the kid's name Charlemagne? Is that his name? Char- the, the kid playing Wonka, he was in Dune and he was in Don't Look Up. Is it- I, didn't know, I, didn't, I wasn't aware that you were going to ask me this. Hold on. I just had it. Because I'm I like, I don't, re- I don't recognize that guy, and just kept going. <laughs> Timothy, is it Timothy Chalamet? Timothy uh, Chalamet, Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet. All right, so, all right, so it's not Chalamet, it's Ch- Chalamet. All right, so he's he's playing Wonka. So mm-hmm. now, whenever I'm, whenever I'm looking at something that's supposed to be a prequel, especially to something. As massive as Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and what that meant to me in my childhood, Johnny Depp's version don't count, never saw it. I'm just looking at Gene Wilder. So I'm sitting here like, can Timothy Charlemagne, I changed his last name, I'm sorry, buddy. Can Timothy Charlemagne do that? And I'm like, okay, I've seen this. This kid's got range. They talking about this kid's supposed to be the next Johnny Depp without the biting. So what are we really talking about? I'm like, all right, he might be pretty good. I liked him in Don't Look Up. Okay. He was a small role, but it was still, you know, in it. I didn't see Dune. I'm lying. I started to watch it. I got 30 minutes in and got bored. I turned it off. Um, They couldn't breathe. I didn't understand it. Like, it's just, just a whole bunch of nonsense. I don't think that I will see Wonka for cost. But um, if at any point in time uh, one of these uh, services want to offer it to me for the cost that I pay, you know, like $10 or $14 a month, then yeah, we'll make it happen. But I'm not, I'm not going to theaters for that. You know? I was going to say, because I, I will tell you something, and I, I know that this is true based on my own life. What you see as a child makes a big impact on you. Because I can say, having seen the uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory the first time as a 24-year-old, did not care for it at all. Thought it was creepy. <laughs> I had just been married the first time th- three months, and you would have thought, I said to my ex-wife's family, you all are horrible people. You beat animals for a living, and I'm turning all of you in because they were. I thought they were going to stone me because I didn't like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And I'm like, no, dude is creepy. Dude is creepy. I mean, for, I mean, it, it's there are some movies that people will give you that reaction on. I I love Little Shop of Horrors. Love Little Shop of Horrors because when I'm coming up, when I'm a kid in the '80s, I got maybe six or eight channels. On the right. dot, WJZY yeah. TV 46 was one of them. Man, I can remember. That's awesome. But on Sundays, they did a feature. And it seems like Little Shop was always on. So 
for that, to me, that's a huge part. I'm, 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 you know, doing this production now with people who told me their first time seeing it was right before the audition. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's, it. I'm, I'm not gonna stone anybody. I'm not gonna fight anybody for it. But yeah, man, I mean, like, wow. No, I get it. I get it. Although I was going to say, look, if you if you love it and you actually have to go see it, reach out to my ex. She'll go see it with you. Thanks. Thanks. You gotta you oh. gotta dig up a Jonas Brothers bucket though. And I need a picture. <laughs> I need a picture. I was about to say, bro, have I not I, I was about to say I feel like I've shown you my bucket. I feel like I've shown you my new bucket. Oh, no, no, I need the old, I need the Jonas Brothers. Oh, you got, you need, you need the throwback Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. I got you. I think mine got some bleach in it at one point and, and got thrown away. But yeah, man, that throwback Jonas Brothers. This is how much history we got. That right there, the Jonas Brothers bucket may mean nothing to most people, but to the Jonas Brothers, it means they had a movie, <laughs> right? And and one of them, um, they're um, actually not one of them. I was gonna say one of them, their parents has, and I'm like, no, the, these two people, the parents, are all of them. So their parents own a restaurant um, in a town I used to live in last year. Nice. All right, our next one, Godzilla. And Kong, the new empire. Yes. Um, I don't even hesitate when it comes to it's weird. I don't know what it is about um Godzilla movies, Godzilla and Kong movies. I watch I watch them. I watch them. I watch the one the King Kong with Jack Black. I thought that was uh, actually really underrated. Um and then the reboot, whenever they're now starting the whole universe, introducing Monarch and all that stuff with the Kong, Skull Island, and all these. Yeah, I'm an old school nut because, again, during those times in the 80s, man, you know, those original Godzilla movies played, bro. And and um, they were they were, you know, not the most considerate. You know, obviously they they played up the caricature role, so we know that now. But still, at the time, great stuff. So yeah, I'll, I'll be seeing Godzilla because it, it's probably going to be offered on Max, just like the last one was. And yeah, I'll just have to get Max for a little while. I'm all about it too. I, I'm excited for this one because I, I liked the last one. I I thought that they didn't make. Kong strong enough. Like I, I realize I'm like, it's Godzilla and versus Kong. Godzilla's probably gonna come up out on top. But why are you gonna have their first meeting in the water and Kong is jumping from boat to boat? Make him look strong. Can't win. Can't win. Um, but even then, I mean, them giving him the axe, I thought that that was cool. I mean, just look at the whole concept of a Middle Earth or whatever you want to call it. Like, I think, like, all that is just, it's awesome. It's sci-fi. It's sci-fi, so I'm all about that. And the final one, I saw this. I'm like, this can't be a real thing. But I looked it up, and it is. I, I don't think they have a um, release date yet. They may not have finished shooting it, but I know that it was in production. This is Coyote 
versus Acme, a um, combined animation real life movie that after years of Acme products not working for the Coyote, he sues the Acme Corporation and Will Forte is playing his lawyer and they get into it and Will Forte finds out that he has a shared history. We don't know what yet with the CEO of the Acme Corporation, who's going to be played by John Cena. Okay. Just the description of the film, I'm like, I've got to write this down for TJ. Um, oh, man. I So, you know, I don't even think it's fair. I like Will Forte, but I also have... I hate to use the the, the term trigger warning because I, I I don't want to trigger anybody in saying trigger warning, but I have a kind of triggering feeling when it comes to John Cena. I don't know what it is about John Cena, bro. I don't necessarily care to see John Cena on screen. I don't get it. I haven't watched Peacemaker yet because I don't necessarily care about John Cena as a leading man. I liked him in Suicide Squad. I thought he had great lines to fit the film. Like, he would, the line when they're walking through, <laughs> they're walking through the forest, and he's talking about what he would do for freedom. Like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. But um, I don't know what it is about him as a leading man. And I'm going to have to get you to watch that one for me first, and then let me come, come back and let me know. And then I will go based on your uh, your review. Well, my immediate review is immediately go and watch Peacemaker. That's what I would say. It was probably one of the best shows I watched last year. Awesome, awesome. I mean, it's it's, it's Gun. I have no I have no qualm with Gun. James Gunn does good work. Um, again, it's just it's just seen it, and I don't even know if it's necessarily because I've seen any movie that Cena did that wasn't necessarily good. It's not like he did something he was so poor in it that, that I didn't want to watch anything, because if that's the case, then the actor Michael Shannon, I would never watch anything else with him in it, because he did the movie Bug, which is the worst movie ever created. But, you know, he was in Boardwalk Empire, and I love him in Boardwalk Empire, so clearly I'm willing to give people another shake. So I, I don't know. I got, I'll figure it out, man. I don't know what it is about John Cena. But whenever I do figure it out, I'm not going to tell anybody until I come on your show and tell you first. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it'll be one of those weeks where I'm not on and you'll just tell everybody on my show. That'll be the opening monologue. I feel like if I were going to do your show, I would do your show nothing like any show that I've ever done on my own stuff. <laughs> I would treat it like like a legit job. Like I would write, which you know I don't necessarily care to write my material. I would write up an opening monologue. I'd write up some jokes, you know, and then and then I get to edit it. So I'm gonna edit in some some studio laughing and all that stuff. Yeah, man. I feel like I, I feel like so you do it like it was the old tonight show, you're Johnny Carson. Somehow yeah. I feel like you'd have Nan on as Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, sir. <laughs> if I if I can get her, man, she's uh she's out here making making deals and changing lives, bro. I think she might be she 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 she'll answer the phone when you call. 
I don't know if if my number registers. You know, I'm not important enough. But you, you're, you're the Joey Harris. That's what I'm saying. It's your show. Okay, we're back. I've got to explain what happened because when you listen to this, it's just going to be, you might hear a transition, but in real time, um, let me see, like 20 hours have passed almost. But we're back because the last time that we were recording, it had gotten to the point, I'm convinced it's like one little boy running around with two tin cans and a string and he got tired and just fell down. And we just lost the connection. It was storming in your area, and then the storm came to my area. But now we're back. We're going to finish it up and and all of that. So we had stopped. I forgot what made me get on the topic, but there was a social media site called Post. And they put out a thing that said, do you want to get verified? And if so, why? So I wrote back, yes, because there's a musician out in California named Joey Harris. And there was also a football player at the time named Joey Harris. And I said, I've been mistaken for both of them before. And they're like, you have a compelling argument. Why don't the other, why aren't you verified from other places? And I'm like, you tell me. So I'm, I, you go on to post, and I'm I'm verified on that. But to finish off this episode, I had messaged TJ, and I said, as part of this episode, I want you to ask me three questions, and I don't have any idea what these three questions are going to be, folks. So I'm going to turn it over to TJ. Ladies and gentlemen, this segment of the Joey Harris Show is brought to you by Good Vibes. This is the TJ Spotlight. Got three questions for Joey here. And um, the first one, first one's easy. So y'all know we usually talk about entertainment here and and films and and movies. So Joey, there are um, any number of movies that have a scene, a song, or a role in it that have been able to evoke serious emotions from me. Um, And some of them are not you know, it's not Ghost or The Notebook. It's Game Change, the Sarah Palin story. Mm-hmm. So what is a a movie, a role, or a song that whenever you hear it, it gets serious emotions from you? I've got a couple that I can automatically think of. One is... Um, Shawshank Redemption there are a couple of scenes in that one of them is when they rip the poster off and you see the reveal of the tunnel for the first time Uh, because I had bought into there was no way that the man could dig out because they said it would take him 200 years to do it and the other one is right um, the other one is when Red has decided to jump parole and you look up and you see Brooks was here and so was Red. It's, it's one of those things where you've got to stop. And the other one um, is every Christmas when I make um, 
my grandmother's icebox fruitcake recipes were my dad and my uncle. I watch It's a Wonderful Life when I do it. And right. I get to I get to the point where um George is delivering medicines um and the the druggist son has been killed in in the war or or overseas or something and he didn't see anything and it accidentally put poison in the thing and the woman wanted to and so george tries to go to his father and his father's in a meeting with um mr potter and so he runs back and the woman who was waiting for the medicine is on the phone with mr goller i think is the druggist name and he's like, yes, ma'am, I'll send him here right away. And he turned it over and he's like, why didn't you deliver it? And he hits him and 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 George upside the head. And George says, it's, it's poison. I know you didn't mean to do it. I know you're upset that your son died, but it's poison, Mr. Goller. Please don't hit me in my bad ear anymore because George has is deaf in one ear. Dude, when I when that when that happens every year, I have to stop it and just walk back and forth. I have to calm down for a while because it's so emotional. Is so emotional for me. So those are those are two that I hear of uh, right off. Yeah. Nice man. Nice. I want to live. I want to live again. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So great, great stuff, man. So now uh, the next question and everything that I get is like I, I didn't sit and just write these three questions i actually went on with my day and waited on the day to inspire me so this next question um was actually inspired by one kobe dean bryant um i remember his career him starting off so young getting a lot of hate the whole debacle in la with shaq and phil and him getting a lot of hate he continued to win championships in spite of that and then, you know, we had a tragic passing. And now the overwhelming uh, condolence for, uh, and I don't even know if condolence is my word, but the overwhelming thought for Kobe Bryant is one of admiration. Everyone says positive things. That wasn't always the case, especially in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about legacy, at some point in time, your ticket will be punched. And I'm assuming that'll happen before all of human existence is ended. So what do you want your legacy to be? Someone who made people laugh, someone who helped others, and someone who made people think. Um, positively about something hopefully hopefully it's not negatively about something but if i have a legacy it's probably going to be that i made made someone laugh but real realizing that um we we talked about it on the earlier part of this show how big of a wrestling fan that i am i was listening to a wrestling podcast and they were talking about the early days like in the 1800s going into the early 1900s and it was they mentioned a wrestler was one of the most famous people in the world definitely the most famous wrestler and just 60 years after that not even getting to modern day 60 years after that it went from 
one of the most famous people in the world to who is this person? And I know that on some scale, that's going to be me. That they say you die twice. You, they, you die when you actual physical body dies and you die again when the last person who knew you passes away. That there's nobody left. And then all that's left, like I'm doing these podcasts, I'm doing YouTube videos, doing different things. Maybe I'll have left something behind that, you know, strikes a chord in someone and they choose to do good. If not, then maybe I can do some good while I'm here and inspire somebody that inspires somebody and maybe that carries it forward. So that's what I would say. So that that is dope that is dope all right ladies and gentlemen i hope you have enjoyed the tj spotlight and all the good vibes that our sponsor has laid upon us right now so going back to i guess for the last question we're going to kind of piggyback on the last one it's i don't mean to be morbid but I feel like questions like about our mortality really do make us think a lot more um, than we sometimes are comfortable with. Um, Some people don't like thinking about what happens after they're gone. So putting a little bit more, I guess, whimsy and fiction on it, let's say that the afterlife is like a TV sitcom and you've got um, five characters, including yourself, um, in an office type setting with um, all the, the hysteri- um, hysterical angst and activities and jokes and all that stuff that you get from the office. Mm-hmm. So it's you and four other ghosts. Who is in the office with you? Are these people that I've known? Or are these like just celebrities? No, these, I mean, uh, entertainers, celebrities, musicians, comedians, actors, whomever, but they are deceased today. Okay. Maybe somebody that's alive today. Gotcha. 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 I am there with. Um, shoot. 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 It's me. It is um, two of my, the four people on my Mount Rushmore of comedy, Jack Benny and Andy Griffith. Um, It's Angela Lansbury, but as her character of Jessica Fletcher. So we're always worried that one of us is somehow going to die again because she has to solve our murder. (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's constantly like i'm i'm batting the coffee out of andy griffith's hand and he's like again you'll thank me later you'll thank me later um one more so there's five of us me and me and four others um hmm. 
this is difficult for that for that last person. Um, oh, oh, I've got one. I've got one. Um, oh, shoot. His name just went out of my. Oh, uh, Patrice. O'Neill, yeah. Patrice O'Neill as his character from the office. Like he he always is like bringing us up things and he and he says something about how it looks very white up here <laughs> and, and, and and why and why is the and why is there coffee all over the floor why is coffee all over the floor yes patrice o'neill uh gone way too early aka the the was it the they seem called him the loch ness monster um he says something to Kelly. Kelly was like, Ryan, aren't you going to defend me? Or something like that. And I'm t- see now I gotta get back into my office. All right, we just gave me a mission today. I gotta <laughs> go, I gotta go find that that interaction um between uh Patrice's character and and Kelly and Ryan. Because I think he says something like, You wanna swim with this monster, don't you? Ultimately that's what it came to. Yeah. But um Yeah, because Kelly Kelly insulted me. She's, yeah, she's like, you, you, you monster, you weigh like a thousand pounds. And he's like, you want to swim with this monster, don't you? <laughs> he's like, she's like, Ryan, and he's like, dude, you better get your girl. And he, he didn't say anything to Patrice. He's like, Kelly, you insulted him. <laughs> okay, that was the worst reenactment of an office scene ever. I apologize, folks, but if you know what I'm talking about, you're probably laughing right now. You were in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) You were in the parking lot. That's where I know you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always going to end the TJ Spotlight with a laugh. This this, This segment of TJ Spotlight, once again, was brought to you by Good Vibes. Nothing feels better on a Sunday fun day than Good Vibes. That's that's some good stuff, man. That's some good stuff. There's there's been a murder, sir. All right, let me just get let me get caught up, and, and Creed takes off. The 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 vendors they, we 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 can't pay. Oh, what is this this accent that you? Uh, we, we we can't pay the, the people. To give us the scene. In the dust. In the dust. See. <laughs> and when they're all pointing the finger guns at each other and Jim's like, what do you what do you do? Grab the keys! Grab the keys, go start the car. She was not going out of character for nothing. Grab the keys, start the car, I'll be right down. I didn't do this. You're not gonna win this on me. Oh my god. Uh, but you know how you know how we end this, my friend. Give me a recommendation. All right. So we're gonna go long con, short con. The lot the long the long wreck is um for some live theater. I'm gonna recommend that you all come to Matt Gray Auditorium in October of this year to see um, a very special production of The Little Shop of Horrors, um, as I've been a part of the uh, 
building to that, I think we're going to do a phenomenal episode. Um, and it's going to be the debut of one Carrie Rogers. Um, she's um, getting ready to hold it down to Chiffon, which is pretty dope. And um, yours truly will be the voice of the plant, one Andre too. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on that for you as well, trying to give you... Uh, it, it's 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 crazy because you don't want to take away from the movie that everybody knows, um, but then you also aren't doing a shot for shot remake. So this is my adaptation of what was done with the plant. So um, I hope that I do it justice. So I hope that you know folks will come out and check that out. And then on the short side of it, like what's going on right now. Winning Time on HBO has come back for season two. Um, folks who know me know I don't necessarily watch sports now, but I did necessarily watch it back in the day. And I'm familiar with Magic Johnson's story. Big fan of Magic Johnson's story with Jerry Buss and the LA Lakers. And um, they're doing essentially a biopic, a biopic reenactment, however you want to call it. Um, last year, they did essentially with what was Magic Johnson's rookie season. Um, and this year, um, they're continuing the dynasty. So that's on HBO Max. And I still call it HBO Max. That, that should let you know that I don't actually have it. Because it was HBO Max when I had it. Now I hear it's just Max. Mm-hmm. It as, as, as also, it was a little blue bird named Twitter when I had it. Now it's something completely different. So I'm I'm out. I'm out of the I'm out of the loop, bro. But um, but yeah, as far as recommendations are concerned, that's what I got for you. Elon Musk, when he was a part of PayPal, wanted to rename PayPal X. He's always been fascinated with everything X. So now that he owned Twitter, he changed it to X. And this is what I'll tell you. I do not know if this is true. This is what I have heard because it came out right as everybody started striking the writers and the actors. When it was HBO Max, they still considered that as part of a cable channel because it had HBO in it and you typically had HBO run stuff. And so because of that, they had to pay royalties. But the Max is just a streaming platform. It has never been anything but a streaming platform. They don't have to pay either no royalties or not as much in royalties for streaming. So all part of the thing. And like I said, I just heard that. I have no idea if that's true or not, but it sounds true to me. It sounds true. That's the thing. It sounds true. It sounds very believable considering uh, the way you know, capitalism is, it's all about making as much money as possible for your stockholders. I get it. I get it. Um, I just, I hope that this is able to be resolved with everybody getting taken care of because there's enough sun out here for all of us. And ultimately, they get back to work. Because more than sports, the, 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 the profession of acting for entertainment is, it touches more people than sports. 
So the NFL can go on strike, the NBA can go on strike, Major League Baseball can go on strike. And the world keeps turning because you mm-hmm. still had your soaps, you still had all your, you know, your stuff going on. And yeah, they're still pumping stuff out right now, but it's different because you're like, once they run out of stuff that they have in the, in the archives, what new stuff are they going to be able to release if nobody's working? And I'm not going to say that anybody, any actor, any writer is selfish for wanting more. You know, you're trying to go the route of AI to eliminate that human element, and you can't eliminate the human element. You can't. Google tried years ago to have AI do sales for them online, and their numbers were never what they were when they had people actually doing the the sales for them. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's because people, you know, it's it's. Why that is, I'm just saying there's something about people. There's something about people. I believe every person has a little piece of God in them. Can't be duplicated. So you you have a potential of doing amazing things. So I'm ready for folks to get back to work. And is that partially because once they get back to work, it betters my chances? Heck yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I want to get the opportunity to act and perform, and I feel like I'll get that opportunity if there's more stuff being made. But still, you know, taking myself out of it, I feel like the world is a better place when we have some things that we can link together in. You know, like 2020 was horrible, but mm-hmm. it was great to be able to talk about the Tiger King. Right. You know, I mean that Tiger King, Joe Exotic became essentially a legend because no one else had anything else going on. Could you imagine there being a strike going on at the same time that, you know, COVID was going to, so not only did we, you know, have to stay at home, but there was no new content being dropped. So, I mean, it's just like that kind of, it helps. It helps. That's, that's, that's all I'm saying. They need to get back to work, baby. That's all I'm saying. But in a way, that's exactly what it was. You had a lot of stuff in the pipeline, but nobody was shooting any new stuff because nobody could go out and shoot because of COVID. Um, But at the same time, like CBS, CBS has taken a lot of stuff that's on Paramount Plus, and they're like, well, we're going to show you the first two episodes on CBS because they need content. The thing that gets me like, if if I'm a writer, you know, pay me my pay me my share. I'm not asking for a hundred percent. Just pay me pay me a share, more than what you're paying now, because you all are getting in the. It was like I think of it like when the short time I sold cars, I was not good at it. That's why I only did it a short time. But we would go in it if I sold a car for $22,000 that we bought for $20,000, our profit was $2,000. The salesman got the majority of that 40%. So I would take home $400. The sales manager would get a percentage, you know, break it up. The owner of the lot, I forget it was like five, maybe 5% that he was getting, but he doesn't have to sell anything. I'm getting 20% of everything I sell. He's getting 5% of all calls all cars sold so he's making much more than me but i realized like he had to put up the original amount to get the thing started so i'm not saying don't get your cut nobody's saying that nobody's saying that the and you talked about every time 
that they have done a strike in sports. The sports come back. They're not as strong as they were when they left. Because I think that the average people, they can sympathize with the actors. They can sympathize with the writers. Um, but at the end of the day, they look at it as the writers are making more than what I'm making, you know, bolting on fenders at the Ford plant or what have you. Now, they may not be. You may be making more than the writers are making like that, but that's the way that they look. Oh, you make the same amount as me. You just have to write some words on the paper. I'm over there having to put the fenders on them and all. There's a disconnect there. So you could be making more at the Ford plant, but they're like, I'm working with my hands. I'm actually doing something. But eventually they will they will figure it all out and we'll get back to something for entertainment. I'm trying to think of something. I'm I'm just stumped. Really, because I'm watching a lot of stuff, but it's like old stuff that um, everybody's already seen. So I'm going to say go out, get some sunlight, drink more water, because I realize I'm not drinking enough water. I'm not drinking as much as I should. So that's what I would say. Reconnect with someone. If someone's been on your mind lately. And it's good feelings. Like you could have somebody that was just a total jerk to you. Don't don't contact that person. Um, but if you've got somebody been on your mind and you've got good feelings toward them, just reach out and say, hey, I don't mean to bother you. Hope you're doing well. You were just on my mind. Have a great day. Do something like that. Look, Joey, if I can really, really quickly plug... Uh... I, you know I haven't done anything on my smoke show in a, in a, while, a long while. I was going to thank you. I was going to ask you about that because I got a shock in the middle of the week this past week. So go ahead. I um I encourage everyone to go and listen. And y'all know I don't usually try and take anyone off of Joey's channel, but um on last week I did do a um, a smoke show special presentation. Um, because it wasn't a traditional episode, but I did get a piece that was written by a colleague of mine called The Before and the After. And um, I read it, and it read like a monologue. Mm -hmm. So I asked, you know, hey, you know, I'd really like to put these words to, to action so that someone, if only one person gets to hear it, you know, I want somebody to hear. So she gives me the green light. I um I recite it. I mean it took me probably to that. You know, normally normally we try and one take things, you know, we just go. Um I think I was working on that just being able to say it the way I said it, I think for about thirty minutes to an hour and then the time to edit it, taking out some stuff, and then I still wasn't a thousand percent happy with the finished product, but the overall goal was still meant by getting the words out there, but the, the focus of it talks about the before and after tragedy, you know, you know, and, and right now, unless you've gotten a call this morning, and I'm talking to you, listener, unless you've gotten a call or a message today, you are in the before, you know, so anything can happen to change that and put you in the after where now you've gotten a call or now you've gotten a message. So, 
Um, I definitely encourage folks to go and check it out. It's all about perspective. I hope it, it makes you think um, and appreciate because it really does go along with what you just said, Joey, man. It's just like if you, and I, I tell people this all the time, if you have someone in your life and you say that you care about them, if they cross your mind at any point in time during the day, let them know. It doesn't have to be a conversation on the phone. It doesn't have to be a face-to-face. If all you do is send them a message with an emoji, and my people in my life have dealt with me long enough to know, sometimes you might just get an emoji out of the blue. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about a whole bunch of shit. I'm just letting you know you cross my mind. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know that you're being thought about. I want you to know that you're loved. And that's that's why I do that. Because one, you don't know what they're going through. And then two, you do not know. God, you don't know if if if, if they're going to have a, a situation. I just had a friend of mine that I was in college with. I'm FaceTiming with her two Thursdays ago. Mm-hmm. And then whenever she and I speak again the following Monday, she's broken her arm in two places. Falling off of, uh, falling off of a freaking bridge on an on a, on a ATV. Mm. That happened in two days. And I didn't speak to her on Saturday or Sunday. You know? My father, I tell people this, like my father, me and my father didn't communicate. We finally communicate. Had to sit down on a Saturday, make plans for the next Friday. He died on the following Tuesday. We never got to the plans that we made. Right. And it's all fine when you're not actually in the moment. Because you'll say, oh, yeah, you're right. But you won't make any changes. And then something happens. And you're feeling regret because you know that you could have done more. If we're alive and we have the ability to do it, do it while we can. Because I'm telling you. When your time is up, you do not get to ask your maker, hey, man, I didn't spend enough time loving on my people. I spent too much time stressing at work. I spent too much time angry and mad about clean houses and bills and stuff. I spent too much time worrying about my car note. I need to go back and spend more time with my loved ones. I need to go back and do more. No, you don't get the reset. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, let us please make the most. But what we got going right now, man, because this this is it. This is it. If any TV producers are listening, I'm going to give you an idea, something I've been working on for a few years now that kind of talks about that. It's an idea of this man who think like touched by an angel or quantum leap or something in that thing. This man is crossing a street and he's about to get hit by a car. Another man reaches out and kind of pushes him out of the way and gets hit by the car instead. Right after there, everybody like stops screaming, like what happened? The man disappears who was pushed out of the way. Shortly thereafter, the man looks down and there's a tattoo on the inside of his arm and he's approached by another man that says the man that you that saved your life passed this on to you so now what this man's mission in life is is that when people pass away nobody 
they look at it like this. Nobody really passes away with a clean slate. They were always doing something and it's left undone or unresolved. The name of the show would be unresolved when they die. And it's this man's responsibility to make sure that that thing is resolved. And he doesn't have any choice as to what it does. Like the first person that he goes after this old woman, her, her only wish in life was that her granddaughter would find someone to love and marry. So now this guy's got to find her, her soulmate and all of that. The next week he goes and this person, um, like their job, he's like, this person, I can't find out what they did for a living. It turns out this person was a hit man and their unresolved thing was actually a hit. And so now he's trying to find out how to resolve that, but without trying to kill the person. And you go through and you find out what the, the, the tattoo was all about and, and all of these things. Now, that's just something. So, oh, good. So contact me if you want to know more. Oh, dude. I I I need I need about I need about I need about fifty million. <laughs> All right, like you give me you give me fifty million in the lotto, and I'm gonna give you. I mean, I'm gonna set aside a big chunk of that money, but I'm gonna give you at least three pilots. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna produce three pilots. You know that we can then go sell and make some money off of, man, but. That 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 right there, that's gold, baby. I like that because there's so much that you can do with that. There's so much that you can do with that, there, man. I mean, hell, even the uh, what's my show, the channel that uh, Cameron uh, DJ Tanner is running now. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even they could get behind something like that if you put the right spin on it. Mm-hmm. Like that could really be sold anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you and you find out, like, what are all the things that you can put this guy through every week? Like one week is a conspiracy theorist have died. And this guy believes every crackpot conspiracy theory. But his unresolved thing is he wants one of them to be true. He wanted to at least have somebody believed him. So this guy's got to pour through all of this craziness to come up with something that is true. But he, I mean, he has to find out that there's, there's, he has to find out why was he saved? Like oh, that, that, yeah. That I, has to be found out as well, right? Oh, I've got, I've got it up here. I just, yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm saying just like, he's going to be say, helping all these people, but he has to be wondering, like, if this is my job and I'm now tasked with this, why was I t- like why? Why? Like, oh my God. People, listen at home. You're welcome. This was just this is a hundred percent free. You just sat down to the buffet of information. I bro, I'm I'm all for it. And I apologize for my little pulpit stand right there a little while ago, man. Like I just No, no, I- you you're you're fantastic. All right, you got a bonus question, then I'll let you go, because I know you got stuff to do, and I do as well. I know you're not a buffet person. You just talked about the buffet. I know you're not a buffet person, but let's say that for some reason you did go to a buffet. Now, how do you approach the buffet? Are you going with, like, the meat, your proteins first, and then work that way? Are you one of these people, like, I got to have my dessert because life is too short? Are you trying a bunch of different things? You're like, 
I'm not really a sushi person, but I can't get sushi at home. And you go for that. So what are you, if you had to go to the buffet, like I said, I know you're not really a buffet person, but if you had to go, how do you approach it? Shouts out to Raleigh, because Raleigh got me to go to two buffets. Okay. This summer. So y'all, yes, I'm, and, and, and you say this, you preface it by saying, I know you don't like buffets, right? And I don't. <laughs> I do not. They're not my first choice. Catch me off air and I'll tell you why. Talking to the listeners. But, but no, so um, I went to two and both, they were different. Mm-hmm. One, one was a sushi buffet, which I've never been one to do sushi before. But I had, the, I had an amazing time. But the the way that it was set up, you're set up in booths, almost like a diner. And there's mm-hmm. a conveyor belt. And it's just gotcha. constantly Constant, slanging. Constantly, going, constantly yeah. slanging. So you open your door and you just pull off what you want, stack your plate, somebody comes and pick it up. But there's also um, a little iPod there um, where you can actually place orders for stuff to be brought out fresh made so like you got your shrimp tempura and your wings and stuff like that so that's where um the majority of my my fried stuff came from so that was amazing and i didn't know that i like sushi you know but the other was a traditional it was a japanese uh buffet so to answer your question first i'll say this i never do dessert first okay um when I first got out, when I first got out of home, going off and being on my own, I took advantage of that. I'm no longer under your watch. I can have dessert first, and I violated it. There were some days where I wouldn't eat anything but dessert. So now, as a full-grown adult, I actually have to eat real food before I can have my sweets. Um, so I am scoping the dessert to see if there's anything that they have that I want. And honestly, I'm being completely honest. In most buffets, they unless you're going to Golden Corral, um, if you go to a Japanese buffet, they don't their dessert is not the that's not what brought you there. Right. You know, so you're not gonna get anything more than, you know, a sheet cake, maybe some cupcakes and some ice cream, maybe some pudding. Um, but I have to go entree and then fix it. All right, so if if it's wings, if it's um, you know beef and beef and uh, was it beef and bro- broccoli, chicken and broccoli, that's gonna be in the center, and then the fixings are gonna go around it. And I really like the word fixing. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. I just I, sorry, man. I just if you if you at home don't get get used to it. I mean, instead of saying sides, this sounds so much better than fixings. So, um, so yeah, just it's it's you're building, and I and I don't want to overload the plate because I'm always, even though I'm very self-aware, I'm also very conscious of um, of my surroundings, mm-hmm. and I'm already I already have people looking at me because I'm six five. I'm not going to have a towering plate going back to my table just so that you can talk, you know, like oh god that. You know, a huge mountain of a man. You know, he 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 had a huge no, no. Now granted, my three or four plates may equal that, 
but I'm not giving it to you all at one time. You may do that, but I'm not going to give you the, the satisfaction of seeing this mountain of a man with his entree and his fixings. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. That's the one thing, because I don't mind, you know, if it's a good buffet, I like a good buffet. I feel like I can't get my money's worth anymore because of my, my surgery. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but then... But if I'm if I'm forced to go, like if I'm going out and it's a family thing and we're going to buffet, then I'm going quality over quantity. Like I want that good cut of meat. I want for some reason, like I'm going to like the Chinese buffet and all that. They get the crab rangoons. I got to hit up the crab rangoons because that that is that is quality stuff. And you're right. For most places I'm, lately, of course, how many years has it been since I've been to a Golden Corral? Even there's like, okay, it's dessert. I mean, I don't trust that chocolate fountain as far as I can throw a Cadillac across the street. I don't trust it, my guy. Thank you for saying that, my but guy. The reason I say that, because let's say it's the cleanest, the cleanest Golden Corral ever, and they do a meticulous job every night with sanitizing that chocolate fountain. I'm just going to, let's take that for granted. It's the other people. If I'm the first one there, and there's nobody else, like hold everybody else, I'll hit up that chocolate fountain for 10 minutes. After that, nope, I don't trust people. Because you get a little kid in there, his, his head is in there. He can stick he back out his cover. Yes. Hand in it and lick I don't it. And trust that, people. That's, what that's my issue with buffets, though, bro. Like, I'm just, I'm number 20 person. They got a tray of chicken out there. I get the piece of chicken that 19 other people didn't want. They all had the, the opportunity to get the piece of chicken that I ended up with. They didn't want it. Yeah, but TJ, you grab that bone, you get you some raw vegetables, baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> and that, we've, we've made the full circle back to the bistro. That's a callback. The, the soup, <laughs> stew, and stage bistro. Baby, you got a stew going. I thought you had class. I thought you had class. <laughs> I need to find that next man. I need to get a rest of development on DVD. Woo! I thought you had class. I thought you had class. Oh, wonderful, wonderful show. I don't like the really the way that it it ended, but still, there's some really just fantastic moments. Just fantastic moments in, in there. But, TJ, before I let you go, my brother, go ahead and plug any and everything you've got going. Um, I am I am the nomad. I'm a little bit of everywhere, um, but you can call me Big TJ. Some folks call me Tokyo Jameson, a.k.a. Mr. Hand-Me-Down Trousers. I'm just... I, I, I want more Joey time. So... Y'all want me to be happy, just advocate for more Joey time. Come to Matt Gray Auditorium to hear me say, feed me. And, you know, it, it's, uh, you know it, it's, it's all going to be fun, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Uh, God bless you, man. I love you to death, man. Thank you. I love you too, brother. At, at the Joey Harris on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I still call it Twitter because everybody knows what you're talking about. If I say I'm on X... People start to try to do an intervention or something like that. Right, you're rolling. <laughs> Joey Harris Comedy at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will talk to you next time.